sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. morning I want to speak to you about daughter you have an alternative daughter you have an alternative John 4 <laughs> daughter you have an alternative John chapter 4 it's a very popular story that we all know Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sitcha, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. 
Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And then she goes on with all her religious jargons. And um, let's tend to let's look at verse 39 of the same chapter. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus, the Bible says, was leaving where he was. He was supposed to go to Galilee or Judea. He was leaving because people were saying that he had baptized more disciples than John. And the Bible says that Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples did. So there was some form of religious scuffle or unnecessary pettiness. And Jesus was leaving onwards to continue his journey. But the Bible said that he needed to go to Samaria. I want you to know that God schedules an appointment for you. Along life's way. Amen. Amen. And Jesus scheduled this appointment just to beat one woman. And he looked at that appointment as his need, not as a favor that he was doing the woman. And you should know that God looks upon your situation as his need and as a need that he would like to meet. Amen. Amen. It is not just happenstance or something that just happens, a coincidence. The Bible said that he needed to go to Samaria. Amen. Amen. Now he came to the city of Samaria, but he went to a particular location called Sitcha. God knows where you are at and God knows where to reach you. You are not just one of the masses. You are not just a lighthouse member. You are not just the third born in your family. God sees you as an individual and he ministers to you as an individual and he has a need of you as an individual and that is why we will stand before his throne as individuals and not as a group amen, amen. and if he has to cross every barrier to reach you god will do it samaria at that time was a country that a city that had compromised so much its faith they had intermingled with the gentiles they were Israelites and they had intermingled with the Gentiles and had children. So the Jews looked down on them because they were culturally not acceptable. They were a contaminated people. So in the first place, Samaria was not a place that Jesus should have gone to. In the second place, in the society of that time, women were not regarded. As you read on, if we did, you would have seen that when the disciples came, the Bible says they were surprised that he was talking to that, a woman, but they didn't ask him anything. 
Sometimes people think things in their heads, but they don't ask you. Don't worry, it happened to Jesus too. And Jesus crossed all these cultural and gender barriers to reach that woman. He also crossed her background so that he could reach her. Where you are at is never too low for God to reach you. Amen. 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 There were barriers. And the woman even said to Jesus, as we read that, how is it that you, a Jew, you are talking to me, a Samaritan? Jesus sat at the well because he had an appointment with the destiny of that woman. But the woman did not know. Beloved, many times God meets us in the ordinary things of life. She was doing an ordinary thing like coming to fetch water. She thought that it was a routine thing in her life that she was doing. But God met her in the midst of her routine life. Amen. Amen. Many times we think that when God comes, it's going to be in a very dramatic way. Or it's going to be in a way that we can relate to. That is why when Jesus came in a manger, the world was a bit confused. Because no king gets born in a manger. Even you, you don't have a drop of royalty in your blood, but you are not born in a manger. So God comes in ways that we least expect. Amen. The Bible says that he was tired physically, but he was not too tired to wait for her. So he sat on the well. The living well was sitting on a well to wait for the woman. Appointment with destiny. Now the woman came to draw water. She came alone. This was a woman who didn't have many female friends. Because usually when women are going to fetch water, they would go in a group. And they would go at certain times of the day. So there would be people, there would be a hustle and bustle around where the water is going to be fetched. But this woman was a loner. And she came when everybody else had finished getting water. She came alone to get water. She came alone because she did not have any good record. Imagine a woman who has had five husbands. She must have been very beautiful and very attractive. To be able to attract man one, man two, man three, man four, and man five. Or she must have had something, a way to make a way. So that she went through Mr. One, Mr. Two, Mr. Three, Mr. Four, and Mr. Five. And yet, Mr. One did not satisfy her. Mr. Two said she had put on too much weight. Mr. Three said she wasn't considerate. Mr. Four said he was just not in love again. And Mr. Five said they had financial problems and he couldn't cope. So she had decided now to settle with Mr. Six, who was not her husband. Many times as women, we feel trapped in relationships because we think we don't have an alternative. That guy is maltreating you even before you marry. You close your eyes and you say, I'm in love. You say love is blind. 
but the neighbors are not. We can all see, but only you. You are blind. Somebody said, marriage is a nightmare. It's the alarm clock that wakes you. No, yeah, life is a nightmare. Marriage is the alarm clock that wakes you up to, to that reality. But that is not true. Amen. So this woman, her life had been messed up. Many times we feel trapped. So even when the person is not born again, we say, oh, pastor, he's born again. You see, I'm the pastor of women with direction, so I've come across a lot of these things. I say, is he born again? Oh, pastor, he's born again. So how do you know? Oh, he came to the altar to give his life to Christ. I said, the Bible says, by their fruits you know them, not by their coming forward. Coming forward is just a step. But what life does a person lead after? And sometimes even the person professes Christianity. But how much does a person love God? We don't look out for those things. We look out for height. And for a very gruff and deep voice. And for a very romantic man. He's romantic because he's learned a lot on the job. Amen. Some of you sisters, when the Krife brothers come and they ask Tammy, oh, he doesn't know how to talk at all. I don't have time for him. It's because he's not experienced. But he's the right one. Amen. Many times, the devil wants to get a hold of us right from infancy. It happened to Jesus. He tried to let all two-year-olds be killed before Jesus would come out as a man-child. It happened to Moses. As soon as Moses was born, there was an edict that all boy children should be eliminated. It happened to Joseph. As a young man, he was put in the pit so that he would not see anything. In Revelation, the Bible says that the woman was given birth and the beast was standing there to devour the child immediately. So many times, Satan attacks our childhood or our infancy with physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, whatever it is, so that you would never rise up to your potential to be what God wants you to be. But you have an alternative because Jesus is the answer. Amen. Amen. He plagues us with generational curses. And then we say, oh, my mother was like that. My grandmother was like that. So I will be like that. But you have a different lineage. Amen. The Bible says, as he is, so are we. Not so are we going to be, but so are we in this world. Amen. Amen. So we've got to rise up beyond our past. People don't go through five men just for the sake of it. It's because they want to be loved. They are looking for security. They are looking for self-worth from somebody else. So they change men like clothes from one to the other to the other in search of something. All these things, they pacify, but they don't satisfy. But you have an alternative to that life. Amen. The woman at the well did not know as at this time that she had an alternative. Well, she came and she met Jesus. And Jesus asked her for water and she said, oh, how is it that you being a Jew, you're asking me a Samaritan for water? She was good at it, you see. She knew that as a woman, she shouldn't be too obtrusive. She should be as if she's not interested. 
So I said, hey, I've come to fetch water. Why? I said, are you now? You're asking me for, for, for water. I mean, what's, what's really the point? Get straight to the point. That's what she was saying. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was asking you for water, you would ask for living water. Then the woman started to tell Jesus his problems and his lack. He said that you don't have anything to draw with. And you say that you want to drink water. How is that going to be? Ladies, learn something from this. She knows how to sustain a, a conversation. She's good at it. You know, she knows how to make the man talk. So learn how to make your husbands talk. Instead of they are watching telly all the time. So Jesus gave her an alternative. He said that whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be a fountain of living water. The woman said, give me this water so that I will not thirst and I will not come to draw here again. Then Jesus said to her, you see, he tried to get her into the conversation. And then he said, oh, go and call your husband. So that when I'm going to minister to you, it will be the two of you. And the woman was quiet. And she said, I don't have a husband. Beloved, if God will reach out to us and if we will lay hands on the living water, we must be frank about our situations. We must be frank about who we really are. We must be frank about where we are really at. That is only the time when God can reach out to us. I say that these days in charismatic circles, it's like you shouldn't have a history or you shouldn't have a past. So people come into the church and they don't want to be known. They don't want to give a testimony about their lives. They just want to be sister mysterious and mystic. I just appeared. They never open up for you to know the real them. They feel that they must be faith people, so they must never say that they have a challenge in their lives. They hide so much that in the end, they are not real. But you are supposed to be real in the church so that your needs can be met. Amen. And nowadays, you know, every time Bishop preaches in the headquarters, he will sometimes say, brothers, don't marry them if they don't come for prayer meetings. If they are not interested in spiritual things, don't marry them. If they are not rising up to be shepherds. So now we, the ladies, we know what to do. We've been given a come for prayer meetings, try and force to be a shepherd, look very interested in the things of God, and then the right person will come your way. But this woman accepted what Jesus said about her. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet, what you have said. In fact, only the Holy Ghost could have revealed this to you. It is only when we lay bare our weaknesses that God can help us. Amen. The strange woman in Proverbs 7, she started by speaking spiritual things. I've paid peace offerings, I've done because that was the jargon of the day. And to be accepted in the church, you had to be that way. I was counseling one young lady and I said, look, you must be real. We, we must know who we are dealing with, who you are. And she said, I've not been able to do that because I feel that when people know who I was, they will not accept me. And I said to her, unless you get to the point where you are able to give a testimony of your life, you have not overcome your background and your past. Amen. Amen. And most of the time, it's the brothers who say, this is the, she was wild, but what about you? 
What about you? You were also very wild. And you think that because you are a man, you are excused. Before God, there is neither male nor female. Sin is sin. Amen. And meanwhile, you made the sister wild. And you are coming to say she is wild. She learned it from you. Amen. This woman was open about her background and about her needs. So that Jesus could meet her at that point of her need. And she also had a reverence for the things of God. She said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Amen. Women are very sensitive to the things of God. Some people call it intuition. But God speaks to us so much. When the angel was coming to announce the birth of Jesus, it went to Mary face to face. Hey, hello, favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women. And he gave the message. And Mary said, how can this, these things be seen? I don't have a husband. The angel said, the power of the Holy Ghost will come over you and overshadow you. And you have a child. He said, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. But with Joseph, he, he was thinking to put Mary away privately. And even God had to come to him in a dream. That, oh, you know, the angel did not come face to face. So in a dream. That you know what is in here is of me. Women are very open to the Holy Ghost and to the things of God. Amen. The woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, Peter and Co. You know, the men always feel macho, they feel that they are in the lead, but God deals with us as individuals and He knows you from where you are at. So sometimes, even some people they are coming up and their husbands are not encouraging them. Because they see them in very domestic settings. And so you see her as a cook, as your friend in the bedroom, and as your father's, your, your children's mother. But you don't see how she, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to share the word. How can it be? You are seeing a very domestic setting. When we have the women's conference in Accra, on the Saturday evening I was preaching, and Bishop came in with my children. They giggled throughout. Because the mother they know is the one who brings them food, packs their lunch boxes. So they will look and then they will. So I asked them, why is it when daddy is preaching, you don't behave this way? But when mommy is preaching, then you behave this way. And then they were even criticizing me. So you kept looking at one side, you should have looked at the other side. You didn't walk down the aisle like daddy. You didn't, daddy is the standard. So I realized that because of my domestic role, in fact, it's very difficult to rise up. And soon after that, I think the week after, I had to go to court with a relative. And I said, let me wear my robes so that I can sit at the bar. So I wore my robes. My children were on holiday. Oh, they were rolling on the floor and things. Because I've not worn it in a long time. Hey, so, hey, so you are really a lawyer, eh? So what are you going to say in the courts? I mean, it's like that. People see you as cook cleaner mother and they don't want to change that thing about you but god sees beyond that and sees that you have potential amen you have an alternative god sees beyond the mess in your life he sees beyond your background he sees the potential in you so he was working on the woman and as they spoke, the woman now began to be religious. So that uh, uh, Jacob said, we should worship on this mountain. And some people say, we should worship here. What do you think? 
And Jesus said that, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming where you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. Many of us worship somebody we don't know. Every time he's a God of Abraham, of Jacob, and of Isaac. What about you? Do you know him? Is he your God? The God of Pastor Richard. The God that he testifies about. But do you know him? Jesus said you worship whom you do not know. Many times we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power of God to affect our lives. Amen. But you have an alternative to that lifeless life, that religious life you are leading. You have an alternative. You can have power and you can have a real spiritual encounter with the Father. Amen. Amen. Daughter, you have an alternative. The Bible says that they profess godliness. We profess it. But we don't know him. It's time to get into the closet. Like I said on Thursday, you must have a personal God that you know personally. If at 11 o'clock in the night, the devil knocks on your door, you must be able to rise up and stand in your rights as a child of God and rebuke the enemy. You shouldn't be saying, hey, where's my husband? When he went, he didn't come. He should come and stand in for us. Demons are attacking us. I've had a nightmare. No. You're also a child of God. You have rights in the kingdom and you can confront the kingdom of darkness amen it's not enough to be coming to church every sunday every Sunday, polishing and more polishing all the time you've got to give out something amen so jesus said you worship the thing that you do not know but you have an alternative you can worship god in spirit and in truth some of us worship so that we will get the favor of the pastor our faith is based on what people will say and what people will see. Our faith is based on impressing people. That, hey, this church, if you are not seen to be serious, you can't come here, you know, so you have to be very serious and look enthusiastic. But you must worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. In spirit and in truth. And I believe that when we go to heaven, there will be surprises. Because many of us would have just done things because men say so and not because we love him daughter you have an alternative you can worship him in spirit and in truth now when jesus spoke to the woman she went to back to her city and do you know who she went to call all the men of the city not the women most women who are liked a lot by men are not liked by other women because it's like the other women can see that some way. But the men too cannot see, they feel, oh, this is a, a wonderful sister who has come around. And the women can see some way. So she went to familiar territory to bring the people to Jesus. Amen. She went to the people who had misused her, the people who had abused her. She went to the same people and offered them the alternative that she had been offered she offered them Jesus amen. amen you must go back to familiar territory Christianity is not just coming to church going, coming to church, you won't enjoy it if your Christianity is that way but as you bear fruit you will be using your life for what God intended it to be used for and you can make a difference wherever you are, amen, amen. 
your familiar territory may be a factory, may be an office, it may be in the home, it may be on the phone, but make up your mind that you are going to make a difference in the people around you and in the people that you come across. Amen. Amen. Now lastly, Jesus offered her an alternative to the ordinary water that she had been drinking. He said that, come, I'll give you water so that you will not thirst anymore. Many of us thirst because we find or we seek satisfaction in things that cannot really satisfy. We seek satisfaction in our careers, in our professions, in that new car. You think that when you get it, you'll be very happy. You get it and you see that something is still missing. We seek our satisfaction in our relationships and in our marriages. It's okay, they pacify, but they don't satisfy. Amen. Amen. But have you ever thought of asking him for the living water? You are a Christian, all right, but if you are not satisfied, your soul is always hungering after something. It's time to come in earnest prayer and ask him that, God, I've gone there, I've tried this. I'm a Christian, all right, but I'm not satisfied. I'm not at peace with myself. I need you to satisfy me. Please satisfy me. And he will do it. Amen. But it's a prayer that we don't pray. Because we feel that I am supposed to have this. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. But when you come to him, you have an alternative to that ordinary water. He will give you the living water that satisfies. And that is when, even through trials, through temptations, and through hard times, you can make it. Amen. Daughter, you have an alternative. Amen. And only God can grant you that alternative. God bless you. Please stand. Like the woman of the world, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy and then I had my Savior speaking draw from my well that never shall run dry mm, fill my cup
We have run after that that does not profit. We have bought that that does not satisfy. We have tried so many things. But thank you that this morning you remind us that we have an alternative. I pray for every heart here to have a deeper and richer relationship with you. I pray that lives will be transformed. I pray that shallowness will give way to depth in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would teach us to set our affections on things that are above, where Christ is seated, O oh God. For it is in seeking first the things of God that all other things shall be added unto us. Your word says, my God, that we should delight ourselves in the Lord, and you will give us the desires of our hearts. May we put our priorities right. May we serve you because of you and not because of others, O oh God. And above all, may all those with scarred and mad lives be healed. May they cease to live in the past, O oh God. May they move on, forgetting the things that lie behind. And going forward to lay hold on the things that you have provided. I thank you in Jesus' name that you have done more than I have asked you for or imagined or even thought of. In Jesus' name, amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.